0: are locked on cardinals your daily st louis cardinals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day halfway to the weekend it is wednesday january 29th 2020 spring training is getting closer day by day inevitably Spring training comes. It's uh, Mike Stevenson. Follow me on Twitter at Mike's on First. Your host for this podcast, Locked on Cardinals. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You can uh, follow us on Twitter as well at Locked on STL. Listen to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, radio.com. Anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, that's where we are. Correcto Mundo. All right, on today's show, we're going to be talking about how long Waino and Molina might go as baseball's longest currently active battery mates and what that actually means because it is truly something special to watch them get out there season after season. And I, I don't think anyone's kidding themselves. We are coming to the end of their particular season of life as uh, active members of the St. Louis Cardinals. We're not there yet. We may not be there for a couple of more years, but it is uh, proverbially, or whatever the word is, right around the corner. Also, we're going to talk about MLB Network's documentary, Birds of a Different Feather. Did you watch that last night? Amazing, amazing stuff on uh, the Whitey Ball era and the 1980s Cardinals. And we're also going to take a look at the current win-loss projections for the 2020 season. In regards to the National League Central, now you have to take all that with a grain of salt because you never really know what's going to happen with that, right? Okay, so first of all, rate, review, and subscribe on, uh, well, I guess anywhere you can. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places we say you can listen, right? Um, what else? Anything else big going on this week? Nothing new on the aeronauto front. The Cardinals, as I've been telling you, aren't really in on... Literally anybody else. They've not even signed some crazy bargain bin dumpster dive reliever. (laughs) I think the Cubs signed Jeffress uh, the other day. So that's been one of the only big news things going on with the uh, National League Central. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina. Currently the longest active battery mates In Major League Baseball, Wainwright has pitched in 265 Major League games with Molina behind the plate. No other Cardinals pitcher, aside from Andrew Miller, has pitched in that many Major League games to any catcher, much less to one man in particular. In fact, where do they fall on the list of all-time tandems, right? Well, number seven. They've been uh, together since 2005 which I guess is when Ueno, uh made his debut. So almost 15 years. They got a chance to move up to, well, I believe it was fourth, is what Saxon said as an article on The Athletic. So what does that mean? They've done a lot of iconic calls. I think the ones that people remember the most would be Wainwright's curveball to catch... Carlos uh, Beltran looking, that sent the Cardinals to the 2006 World Series. And it was a beauty of a curveball, too. I, I can, You can just see it right now. If you saw it happen when it happened, you saw that curveball go in. It buckled his knees. I mean, it was one of those true knee-buckling curveballs. And that was it. He didn't even swing. Didn't even swing. And as the joke goes, when, uh, <laughs> when he got let go as manager of the Mets, it was the second time he cost the Mets by getting caught looking. I believe is what they said. All right. All jokes aside, though, what we see with Molina, what we see with Wainwright, and what they've done together is truly something special. Uh, Saxon in his article talks about until injuries started to derail his career these last few seasons, Wainwright could have been Hall of Fame bound. I don't know about that. We never know what the future might hold, you know, if he didn't get hurt, if he didn't get his Achilles blown out, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Molina, I believe, is a no-doubt Hall of Famer. And I believe he is one of, if not the best catcher in the game. All due respect to Johnny Bench. I do respect the Yogi Berra. Molina is, of all the Molina brothers, by far the most talented. And despite being on the downside of his career, he's a catcher any team wouldn't just love to have. They would probably offer him still decent money to come in and run their staff. I, I do believe that. So this season, as they, uh, as they come up on their 15th, or 16th, excuse me, 16th season together, I want, I want you to watch them and just realize that what we're seeing is something that you don't see very often. Everybody else on that list of, of longest battery mates, longest tandems, outside of Molina and Wainwright, nobody's thrown a pitch in over 30 years. This kind of thing just doesn't happen. They're also our bridge to the past seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals. When you're together for 16 years, you're on obviously quite a quite a few teams, but also part of quite a few eras. They were there for the MV3 years. You know, Molina came up in 2004 when the Cardinals won 105 games. Oh five when Bueno made his debut. The Cardinals won 100 games before getting bounced from the NLCS in Game 7 against the Astros. They won the World Series together in 06. They went through some lean years in 07 and 08, 09, after Roland and Edmonds left. They were there when Matt Holiday came. They were there when Pujols left. They were there when they won the World Series in 2011 with Pujols. They were there when they went back to the World Series in 2013. With Carlos Beltran and uh, Alan Craig and all the other guys. 2015, they were there when they last reached the postseason before this previous season. They were there when they acquired Goldschmidt. They've been there through a lot. In fact, most of the last 20 years, as we said, 16 years, they've been there. And you may not think about it this way. A lot of times, at the end of a, of a player's career, you don't really think about this. You know, if they if they've declined particularly bad, or badly, I should say, I can't learn to talk this morning. Uh, you don't you don't tend to think about all the good they did for you. I mean, I mean, look at how they treated Eli Manning over the last couple of years. Despite the fact the two Super Bowls he brought that team, against the Patriots, against the unbeatable Patriots at that point. you don't tend to think about that. What Wainwright and Molina are doing is something that every Cardinals fan should be able to appreciate in a way that you should be able to tell your kids about. you know, I, I saw these guys pitch to one another. And they really are brothers, absolutely. Wainwright, one of the best personalities in the game. Whereas Molina is one of the most competitive personalities in the game. I don't know what the future holds for Molina as far as baseball after his time with the Cardinals and his career comes to an end. I assume he'll work with the organization in some capacity. I could see Wainwright getting up in the broadcast booth that's what Edmonds have done, uh, Ricky Horton, a lot of those guys. So there, there's a lot to unpack there. We're not at the end of the road yet. they still got some time to make some magic happen. But if Wainwright pitches anything like he did in the second half of, the la- of last season, there is going to be a lot more fun to be had. Speaking of a lot of fun, did you guys watch MLB Network's Birds of a Different Feather last night about the 1980s Cardinals and the Whitey Ball era? We're going to talk about that next, right here on Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, welcome back. It's Locked On Cardinals. I'm Mike Stevenson. You can find me on Twitter at Mike's on First. Uh, I didn't mention this in the first segment, but the the voicemail is always open. If you want to leave a comment, If you'd like to call and just say what's on your mind, I'd like to get your thoughts on the MLB Network's Birds of a Different Feather. The phone number is 615-499-6690. Leave a voicemail. You could even shoot a text if you don't want to leave a voicemail. Pretty easy stuff. So the 1980s Cardinals, uh, for a lot of people, is how I think of the 2000 Cardinals. I was born in 1984. I don't... Obviously wasn't around for the World Series win against the Brewers. I was traveling through St. Louis as a uh, as a one-year-old when the uh, controversial call against the Royals happened at first base. And then I do remember the uh, World Series loss to the Twins. And, of course, after that, all that really remained was you know, McGee was around for a while, Coleman. Of course, Ozzie was around until 1996. And, you know, that that's an era of baseball that really defined generation. You know, watching that documentary, by the way, finally narrated by John Goodman. Watching that documentary. Uh, I, got, I got online. I was like, man, I need to find some vintage 80s Cardinals stuff. That would be just fantastic to get some vintage 80s Cardinals gear. Apparently, everybody else thought so, too, because when I got on there, it was way more than I was willing to pay for a jacket that was 30 years old. You know, or I'd like to find one of those hats, too, one of the STL hats. Nothing against the new ones they put out now, but sometimes the vintage gear is uh, it's pretty sweet. I've got fond memories of the late 80s, and i got fond memories of the 90s. Now, the Cardinals probably don't have fond memories of the 90s until probably the Tony LaRusso, Mark McGuire uh, era of the late 90s, but all the same. The documentary was, was fantastic. The stories about how uh, Whitey went about assembling his team how heroes like Simba and the rest of them ended up leaving. Guys like Ozzy came in. You know, it's it's it was just amazingly well done. And I'm going to be honest. I feel like the Cardinals are kind of ignored sometimes in these sports documentaries. If you think about it, you've got, you know, they're always wanting to talk about the Steinbrenner Yankees. They're always wanting to talk about uh, the Dodgers, the Big Red Machine, the Nasty Boys, all, all that stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with talking about those teams. They're all great stories, full of great personalities. But a lot of times, the Cardinals get overlooked, so it was really nice to see them get their due. I was still waiting for a documentary about the 2011 season. You know, they made a movie out of Moneyball. I believe they can make a movie out of the 2011 season, but I'm not even going to begin to try to cast that one. So, what did you think about the uh, documentary Birds of a Different Feather? Did you get to watch it? If not, do you plan on watching it? I recorded it so I can watch it again. My little boy was running around like crazy. Phone lines are open for your comments at the voicemail, 615-499-6690. Also, shoot us a text and uh, let us know what you thought about it. All right. So before we go, uh, we do have some win loss projections for the National League Central according to uh, Bet Online AG. The over under win totals for 2020. The Cardinals currently uh, going to be in first place according to them with 88 and a half wins. The Cubs with 86 and a half. The Brewers with 83 and a half. Excuse me. The Reds with 84 and a half. The Brewers. With 83 and a half. And then finally the uh, Pirates bringing up the rear with 71 and a half wins. So, that, that's very interesting. And it makes you wonder if that's part of the reason why Mo hasn't done more. This offseason, Arenado, rumors aside. Because if they're slated to win anyway. Well, I mean, you no one's slated to win. Things can fall apart just because you're a good team on paper doesn't mean you're going to turn around and win the division. But just because, uh, you know, he takes a look at that. I don't know that that would be a reason for me to turn around and say, you know what, I don't think this is uh, a good reason not to make any moves. And, I'm again, I'm not going to say that any moves should have been made because, to be honest, outside of the Cardinals doing something they've never done before. You know, going out and signing Garrett Cole for $36 million, signing, you know, Steven Strasburg for $35 million, 34, whatever it was. That's not something the Cardinals do, and not only that, I don't know that I would recommend putting that much money in that many years towards a pitcher, no matter who they are, because... You look at the Gary Cole deal, it's nine years, however much money it was. He's probably only, they probably got like a five-year window before they're starting, you know, to pay for a pitcher on decline. Five-year window. Now, a lot of people would take that. and When you're the Yankees, you're the Dodgers. I guess if you're the Nationals and you're willing to defer till Strasburg's 84, you know, you could do that kind of stuff. But that's that's just not how the Cardinals do business. Is it frustrating? Yes. Is it... Do I wish they were more aggressive? Absolutely. But outside of a game-changing player like that... You know, or Anthony Rendon going to the Angels. You know, even though with all the Arenado stuff, it's... uh. A lot of people say, why didn't they just go out and sign Rendon? The same reason they didn't get the other guys. It's all about money. The reason Arenado could work is there could be a trading of salaries to keep the Cardinals right about where they are now. If a trade ever, ever, fingers crossed, knocked on wood, let's go tie, not Natal, a towel, uh, ever happens. You know, that, that's that's doable. That's probably the only reason they're looking at Arenado. And I don't know if they're going to address the opt-out or not. Again, if he gets traded. But the Cardinals, outside of that, there, was there really anybody else that you needed to go get? It's like we talked about yesterday. If your response to Nicholas Castellanos going to the Reds was, we got to sign Puig right now. That is an overreaction, of by a lot. You know nothing. Nothing against Puig, but I think Puig would be a problem in the clubhouse. You know, and there, and, and, and aside from that, there's a lot of red flags concerning his play as well. So, what do you think? Think the Cardinals are? Uh, think Bet Online AG has got them pegged pretty well at 88 and a half wins. Winning the division, going back to the postseason. 88 wins isn't a very comforting thing. And I guess it also doesn't take into account any kind of midseason moves that could happen because, hey, the Cubs can move Chris Bryant for a big piece. You know, the Reds may not be done. I think the Brewers getting 83.5 wins is being pretty generous considering uh, <laughs> who they've given up and everything else. So, anyway, I've, I've rambled on far too long. I want to thank you for listening. This is Locked on Cardinals. You can uh, listen to us online, Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you listen to your show. Rate, review, and subscribe, please. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a text, 615-499-6690. No episode tomorrow, but I will probably see you Friday morning, so you drink a brewski for the mooski. I'm out.